Hey everyone, thanks for listening in, really appreciate it. Wanted to let you know about a really cool opportunity. Over the last few months, we've been working with an amazing company, Create Momentum. They work in the peak performance adventure space and together we are taking a small group of people to Thailand to challenge themselves, train in flow states, and learn how to find balance in extreme conditions. Sarah Thompson, our own Wells Performance Head of Coaching, is going to be guiding the eight-day experience. Now, we have carefully chosen two specific action sports, freediving and Muay Thai. And what we're using those sports for is to help you implement strategies used by elite athletes, then to translate those learnings into personal and professional growth while you're at the event, obviously, and then afterwards, We'll talk a lot about how to implement those learnings in your day-to-day life. So if you want to level up, check it out. We'd be honored and privileged to have you there. The dates are December 3rd to 11th, and the resort is absolutely out of control. Um, We're really, really excited about it. The training is totally personalized to your level of experience as well. So all levels are welcome, even if you have never tried either of those sports. And let's face it, we haven't. Uh, so we, we really don't care where the skill level is. We're just learning. We're just trying to get better and have a really cool experience. If you're interested, check out all, out all the details at cre- createmomentum.co. And the link is in the podcast description. There's a few spots left. And we would love to have a few people from the podcast join us on that trip. All right, let's get back to the show. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Greg Wells. Thanks for joining me on my podcast. Great to have you here. Each week, I try to explore human performance, world-class health, and unlocking human potential. So let's dive right into the second episode of season two and part two. It's a lot of twos, two, 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 uh, of my presentation, my keynote at the Epic Community event in Vancouver last year. This is where we're just digging into all the science of human performance, observations from some of the best performers I've had the chance to interact with, and tools, tactics, and strategies that you can use to try to up-level your life. So here we go into part two. Let me know what you think at Dr. Greg Wells on social. Here we go. Please enjoy my keynote at the Epic Community event. And so the current state, moving beyond the problem, I'm going to move this through this relatively quickly, which is, why do we have this billion-person problem? Why is this occurring? And let's pull it back into North America and Europe for a second. Like, why even in the first, in the developed world, do we have this issue? And I think that there's five sacrifices that we are making. The five sacrifices are, we're sacrificing our health for wealth, we're sacrificing quality for quantity, We're sacrificing our attention for distraction. We're sacrificing intrinsic motivation for extrinsic rewards. And we are responding instead of reacting, or we are reacting instead of responding. Excuse me. These are the five critical sacrifices that we are making. And if you think about it, what do each one of these things do, and how do they make you feel? It's this. Sick, tired, anxious, depressed, regretful. I speak all over the world now. When I talk about certain issues, I see this in audiences. I see it far too often in schools. I see it in businesses. I see this everywhere. We have to do things differently. 
We're in the era of the, this is the greatest ever era to be alive, lowest ever, historical low rates of childhood uh, mortality, highest ever access to food, lowest ever crime, historic low rates of terrorism. If you actually look at the data, it's the greatest time ever to be alive, yet this is what we're doing and this is how we feel. We can do things differently, which is the solution. How do we actually start getting into this? And this is, the, I'm just running you through this process so that you can do this for yourself, for whatever it is that you care about the most, right? So I'm just sort of mapping this out for you, but leading you through some thought processes that I'm playing with. So for Elon, the solution is to make the median cost of a trip to Mars equal to the cost of a house in the United States. My solution is that people reach their potential. This is what I'm trying to make happen at a global level. If I possibly can, one person at a time, because movements are created one handshake at a time. And you, some of you have heard me speak about that before. So how do we actually do this? We break this down into four steps. Elon did it in four steps. Using exponential mathematics, you need four and a half magnitudes to achieve incredible uh, things. And for me, the four steps are very simply the opposite of the grand epidemics, which is sleeping soundly. And check out this unbelievable data. If we were to increase our sleep from five to seven hours a night, as a society, we would decrease our risk of cardiovascular disease by almost 50%. Like half. This is the number one killer for men and women around the world. Cut it in half to sleep a little bit more. It's free. <laughs> Eat smarter. Check this out. Decreasing caloric intake by 1% or 20 calories a day, which is like half a teaspoon of sugar, would reverse the global obesity epidemic. Scott Stratton says you're never supposed to quote yourself on a slide. That's why there's no reference there. Okay? <clears throat> so, it was by some random guy. He wrote a book called The Ripple Effect. You've all got it on your desk. It's in there. Around moving more, check this out. This is really crazy. 60 minutes a day, lower your risk of cancer by 40%. Reverse cardiovascular disease, reverse type 2 diabetes, decrease cold and flus by 75%. And reverse anxiety, depression, prevent Alzheimer's disease, and on and on and on. Oh yeah, it's free. It's actually free. And the final one, thinking clearly, and this quote is from Peter Diamandis. It's one of my favorite quotes to put up. Check this out. Everyone was to stop watching TV for one year, the world would have a trillion hours of cognitive surplus to commit to shared projects. It's free. Actually, this saves you money. 200 bucks a month on your cable bill. Another tactic for everyone in the room, get rid of cable. We do not have cable in my house. Got rid of it a few years ago. We took the money. Judith wanted to spend it on organic food. I blew it on some vacations, but whatever. It's still you know, net positive for our family, but we don't need to get into that little domestic dispute that's going on at the moment. But anyway, um, here we are. So then, do you, do you see the difference here? Isn't this a cool process? Right? It's, it's so easy to go from desperation to hope, which is kind of neat. So here we are, critical element, the fundamental thing we need to do in order to elevate ourselves. And this is where we get into Elon's principle of reusability. And I would like to show you the critical element that I have seen over and over and over again in the athletes that I've worked with at the Olympics and I've been able to commentate that determines whether or not people are successful in whatever it is that they care about the most. 
and it's a video. It's pretty wild. Check this, this out. This is your Olympic update. He's been waiting four long years for about 23 seconds, and it's time for Alex Bilodeau to shine. The leader right now is Dale Bagg-Smith of Australia. Brian Wilson is second. Vincent Marquis of Canada is third. Alex Bilodeau wants to sweep them all aside. Here's the back double fall. Nails it. Now Bilodeau not only is going to have to do great air, he's going to have to be at least a second faster, I think, than he was in qualification round. And he can't make any mistakes on these turns. Knees fused together. Big air at the bottom. Huge backflip. Here he comes across the line and at a good time. 23.17. All right, did you just pick it up? Did you see what he did? Fell at the end. Fell at the end. <laughs> not that. <laughs> I was trying to find a way of being positive and nice. Like, yeah, no, that's just not it. <laughs> Pardon me? Canada, that was the first gold medal for Canada on home soil at an Olympic Games. Critical moment in our, in our nation's history. So here's what he did. He focused. I'll show you the video again. When he was on the start line, he was nodding his head, and he was mouthing something. I know what he said because I asked him. He came to the studio right after this. He said, I was saying forward and soft, forward and soft, forward and soft, forward and soft, in French, forward and soft, forward and soft. He wanted his knees to go forwards over the bumps, and he wanted to be soft and relaxed in the second air. He was eliminating all the thoughts of the past, the present. He was in the present moment, and he was thinking, focusing on the next play. You may have heard that from someone else today, right? <clears throat> Watch again and check this out. And notice also it's what he did before the performance even started that determined whether or not he was successful. Okay. Next play, focus and attention. As Neen was talking about, attention is the fundamental determinant of success in our world right now. Check this out. This is your Olympic update. He's been waiting four right long here. years for Forward about and 23 and seconds, soft. and it's time for Alex Bilodeau to shine. The leader right now is Dale Bagg-Smith of Australia. Brian Wilson is second. Vincent Marquis of Canada is third. Alex Bilodeau wants to sweep them all aside. Here's the back double fall. Nails so. it. Knees forwards, great. Watch this. Here. He's going to have to be at least See that? a second faster, I think. Now watch how relaxed he is. Great. And he can't make any mistakes on these turns. Knees fused Soft. together. Big air at the bottom. Huge back so he went way there higher. Here he comes across the, the line at a good time. time. 23.17. The board reads number one. Yeah. He is on top of the leaderboard with what? one more to go. What's the critical element? Focus and attention. That is the fundamental determinant over and over and over again. All the, Olymp all the Olympic athletes I've ever worked with, once you get to an Olympic Games, it's can you stay focused? Can you eliminate the distractions? Can you not worry about your family? You'll see them later. Not even worry about your competitors. Not worry about the outcome even, because that is also out of your control. You have other competitors that may just have a better day than you. Focus and attention is the fundamental determinant of success when, it, when, we, when we get into a pressure scenario. Now, what this does, by focusing and eliminating distractions and staying 100% of your, putting 100% of your attention on what matters most is the, so fascinating. 
it actually lowers your stress levels. And in the research, the only predictor that we have of who does well at an Olympic Games, the only thing that we can track that we can predict outcomes at the Olympics is based on this data. And this data shows blood cortisol levels. And in the cortisol being a stress hormone. And so in athletes that have no changes in cortisol before the competition starts and the competition itself, so their stress levels stay the same, there is a greater than 2% improvement in performance from pre to post uh, taper, which is three weeks. And most medals are determined by about a tenth or half a 0.2 to 0.1%. So this is like massive and it's hundreds of times more than you actually need to, to perform. Here's the increase in cortisol levels in those athletes who uh, improve by less than 2%. So if cortisol goes up, you do not improve. 80% of the athletes who go to an Olympic Games do not go a lifetime best time. This is 80% of the athletes. They arrive at the big competition and they freak out. Or even worse, which I've seen a lot, is the coach freaks out. There's no faster way to destroy your athlete's performance than getting stressed out, coaches and everybody, and by athletes, I mean anyone who matters to you. The other group that inevitably destroys athletes' performances is the parents, which is why we isolate them as far up into the stands as we possibly can and keep them totally separated from the athletes. The other really interesting thing is media are not allowed into the Olympic Village because it is you never want a reporter to ask an athlete a question before they compete. So we protect them like crazy, keep them focused to keep their stress levels down. So controlling focus and then controlling stress, fundamental determinant of success. Which leads me into some physiology. I'm a physiologist, I have to share some physiology with you or else you would be very, very mad at me. But I wanna to talk to you about this fight or flight response, the stress response. Because controlling this in a moment of pressure is how we put our lives on a different trajectory. And so what is the stress response, really? So the very first thing that happens when we're stressed is that the senses, eyes, ears, nose, mouth, touch, the five senses, take that information, it hits your cerebral cortex. So basically, if this happens, your body collects all of that data and it gets into your brain and we're gathering that data as fast as possible and it is in your brain and we are, data is coming in. The second thing that happens is your amygdala, a structure that's right here, makes a decision about whether or not that is a good thing or a bad thing. She's thinking this is a bad thing, right? Now the really funny, the, not funny, the interesting thing about this is her amygdala is deciding that I am stressed. And as a result, physiologically, there is absolutely no difference whatsoever between her internal physiology in that scenario and his internal physiology in this scenario. Our world has evolved, but our physiology has not. And so when you see people under threatening circumstances, standing on the free throw line, for example, and the game is on the line, their physiology will react like this. You doing a sales call, your physiology will, will react like this. Your partner, your spouse, someone that you care about says something that you don't agree with or is maybe a little bit hurtful for you, your physiology acts like this. Me, 
watching the video of Nodar Kumari Tashvili passing away right before I speak in front of 10 million people, my physiology was responding like this. No question. And so our ability to succeed in this world depends upon controlling the way our amygdala works, which is why I very deliberately expose my children to risk and fear all the time. This is the early stages of me doing that to Adam. <clears throat> He's on a mountain bike. Okay, sounds good. It's a little tiny hill. Ingrid, my daughter, goes right by him right here. She blows by him, so enough. She's gone. But this is huge for him. Down the hill. And then we do a massive celebration because that was like huge. Do you know how long it took me to get him to do that? Like two hours. You can do it, buddy. You can do it. You can do this. You can do this. Ingrid's going, Rick, she doesn't care. She's got a completely different pain threshold than he does. Uh, we're working on that, though. But like, I'm now I'm deprogram deprogramming their amygdalas very, very deliberately so that it takes a lot for them to get scared. So here's my next big tactic for all of you. I want you to do something that scares you every single day. You've heard that before. I'm not the first person to say that. But I want you to control your amygdala and get you in control of your emotions. Do something that scares you every single day. A simple tactic that I tried from Tim Ferriss, I listened to his podcast, is ask for a 10% discount at Starbucks. It's terrifying, because then they look at you and they're like, what? And I need you to Starbucks, this price is up there. Yeah, but can I get 10% off? Like Just as a test for seeing whether or not you can do something that scares you. You know you're going to get rejected. We're afraid of rejection, most of us, so test it out. Or go to the gym and try a new exercise. Or go for a walk. Or make a phone call to someone that you haven't spoken to in a while. Or have the conversation you haven't been having. Do something that scares you every single day and work on this. What we do, and it's um, make a big difference, I think, for my kids. Next idea that I have for you is the third part. And this is where we shift from electricity into chemistry. So the brain is now interfacing with the body. So imagine you get startled, and then three or four seconds later, your heart starts pounding in your chest. That is because you've interpreted something. Your amygdala has made a decision. I'm scared. And your hypothalamus sends a signal down your spinal cord and activates your sympathetic nervous system, which is the one over here on your right, which dilates your pupils, inhibits sal saliva. So remember when I said my mouth was parched when I was about to go on TV? Like there was no saliva in my mouth because my body was in fight or flight. Heartbeat goes up, airways open, stomach stops digesting. We release no, um, there's a dump of glucose into your bloodstream and your intestines stop, uh, stop working, which is another interesting little hack for you. If you're having a stressful day, always take five minutes to chill out before you eat something. Otherwise, the food goes into your stomach, but there's no blood there. So there's no nutrient extraction. So chilling out before you eat will make a huge difference as to how much nutrition you get out of your food. And so this is all happening. Oh, another little tiny hack for you. If you want to see if someone is stressed out while they're talking to you, look at their eyes. They'll, a, they will think that you are actually paying attention to them, which will calm them down. But if their pupils are huge, they're super stressed. So it's a very easy way to look into someone's eyes and see what state are they in. If their pupils are small, they're probably OK. If their pupils are massive and dilated, they're scared out of their minds. It's a very threatening scenario for them. Step four is the hypothalamus activates your pituitary gland, which sits right on top of your kidneys. And they dump adrenaline and cortisol into your system. 
which is amazing for instantaneous performance. It makes you stronger, it makes you faster, but it, if all of those chemicals stay in your body, those hormones stay in your body, this is what causes heart disease, this is what causes plaque development in the brain and all sorts of other problems. We need to control this as much as possible. Question then becomes, how do we actually pivot from tension into flow? How do we get out of this stress scenario? And that involves five steps as well. So if you think about this idea, the senses are, are interpreting things, we want to counter this. I have another video for you. Our next skater. Okay, let me put this into context for you. And you can, Nick, you can leave it off. Oh, thanks, man, you're doing, the, you're, you're rocking this. You're like my AV guy, you're crushing this. Oh, say, context, Joanie Rochette, Vancouver Olympics, eight years ago, uh, figure skater for Canada. Mom passes away six days before the Olympics starts. Super close to her mom. She goes onto the ice, crowd goes crazy, and she freaks out. And this is what happens next. Our next skater, representing Canada, representing Canada, Joannine Rochette. herself. It's ready to go. The music starts and she goes on to win a bronze medal, uh, elevating herself from sixth up to third, which is almost impossible in figure skating because it's all predetermined. So uh, like the Russians pay everybody off. So who picked up what she did? Do you see the three breaths? So she gets over to see her coach. and then she's like shaking, right? Second one, you see her shoulders drop. Third one, she smiles and nods to her coach. And then she goes out. Second thing she does, you have 60 seconds from the time that your skate hits the ice until the music has to start. She skated and skated and skated and skated and skated. That video is 58.6 seconds long. And I stopped it right when the music starts, okay? So I'm gonna show it to you again so you can see her breathing pattern, all right? It's only 60 seconds long, check this out. Next skater, representing Canada, representing Canada, Joanine Rochette. Great. First breath. Second breath. Third breath. You see the transformation there? Huge shift in her physiology. And she does that because if we think about the structure of the brain, it's an MRI scan of the brain, slice through the head, you're looking at it from the side. Can you leave the lights off just for a sec, Nick? Sorry. And we have two regions of the brain. The red region that I've highlighted there is the stress center of the brain. The green area is the breathing center. Notice they're joined right there. So the way that we breathe controls our stress center. So if you do hyperventilation, 
you are going to feel nervous. If you do powerful explosive exhales like tennis players do when they hit a ball and scream, they're activating the stress center of the brain, becoming more powerful. You can increase your power by almost 400% when you do that properly. It's why some tennis players actually scream. And that region that I've highlighted right there is so critical. The other thing that this does is it calms us down. It's amazing. It took Joanie 60 seconds to regain complete control and elevate herself to a point where she's able to perform and do something that her mom would have been proud of. How cool is that, right? It's accessible to all, us all the time. Thanks, Nick. And the way that we learn that is through meditation. I would strongly recommend that every single person in the room have some type of meditative practice. I use Headspace. I love it. Calm.com, one app of the year. I would love 15 minutes of your day to do something meditative. If you want to do a meditation app, that's great. If you want to do actual meditation without technology, that also works. You can listen to music. You can go for a walk in the park. But the practice of controlling your attention and breathing is incredibly good for us. The second step we have is that the amygdala decides whether or not we are going to activate fear, anxiety, and aggression. And this is where we get into attentional control. This is where your focus will determine what your amygdala does. Some of you have heard the story before, but I'm going to tell it again because it's super fun. I took that picture about two years ago, and I took it. Uh, so Judith, my wife, sat me down for dinner and talked about stress and the amygdala activating. She said, we need to talk. So my stress centers are like freaking out. And then she said, we need, I've been hiding something from you, so I'm completely freaking out. I've been hiding something from you for eight years, and I lose my mind. I uh, drink all the wine. And then she said, uh, so it's our 10th anniversary. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's our 10th anniversary. And um, I've been saving $100 a month off every single paycheck for the last eight years, putting it into a secret account. What else are you hiding from me? Don't say anything. And I've got you a trip. I know you've always wanted to swim with sharks. So we're going to go fly to the Maldives, and we're going to go swimming with sharks. And so we, a week later, get on the plane. We fly to Maldives. We arrive at this island. We put away our stuff. Sun's going down. And Judith's like, OK, we're going to go swimming with sharks now. And I was like, well, you know, um, dusk is when sharks eat. And I'm an adrenaline junkie. So this is awesome. Let's go. <laughs> and we go into the ocean. And it's just like spectacularly beautiful. And I'm an adrenaline junkie. So while we're down there and deep into the ocean, we're about 20 feet down. We have a scuba instructor with us hanging off of a wreck. Huge currents coming by. There's fish everywhere. And I'm like just loving it because I'm a swimmer. And, uh, like just, and I, of course, being the adrenaline junkie that I am, there's only one thing you can do to take this to another level. You turn off your flashlight, because then you're in the pitch black, right, in the middle of the ocean at night in shark-infested waters. So I took off, I turned off my flashlight, took my GoPro out, and I took that picture, and it's black. And then, <laughs> thank you. Danielle's like, yay. Um, and then have you ever felt like someone's watching you? So I feel something out there, and then this happens. Actually, now Nick would be amazing, buddy. You're getting your workout in. Yeah, you're just going to hang out there. Check this out. attention was on the shark. Everything else ceased to exist. All of it. Nothing existed except the shark. Judith? 
gone, right? <laughs> Marriage, what? So um, what was really interesting about that is I will remember every single detail for the rest of my life, all of it. I can replay that instantaneously. Scanning the room, all of you are staring at the shark. I had all of your attention as well. Attention is the fundamental currency of our time, as we learned from, from Neen, right? Like this is the single most important determinant of whether or not we are successful. It's controlling our attention, controlling our focus, and if you do that, you can stay super calm under incredibly demanding circumstances. I was totally chill in that experience, completely into it, because there was nothing going on except me and this amazing animal swimming by me. It was incredible. Um, now, what world-class performers do that is different from most other people is that as pressure increases, attention narrows. And so this is Jose Batista in the playoffs. There's no one from Texas here, right? No? Okay. Double checking. Um, playoffs against Texas, seventh inning, game on the line. Jose Batista goes up to bat. This is at the Rogers Center in Toronto. 50,000 people in the stadium. Steps up, a few pitches, and then eventually he hits a home run to win the game. And the, they ended up winning the playoff series and it was against the Texas Rangers. It was awesome. Now, what's really interesting was what he said in the interview afterwards. So they asked him, Jose, what happened? Break it down for us. And he said, so I go out to the plate. The game's on the line. 50,000 people going crazy. He said, my adrenaline wasn't 10 out of 10. It was 10 million out of 10. All that I could see, though, was the pitcher. The crowd was out of focus. And on the pitch where he delivered the ball that I hit, he said, not only could I not see anything else but the pitcher, all that I could see was the pitcher's shoulder. And when the ball in the pitcher's hand came over the shoulder, I saw how the fingers were positioned. And I knew what pitch was coming. And I was able to hit the home run. 50,000 people in the stadium. His entire career was on the line, arguably the peak moment of his entire career. And all that he could see was the shoulder and the fingers on a ball. And that was his success. As pressure increases, attention narrows. When there's no pressure, your attention can be all over the place. It really doesn't matter. We don't need to be 100% focused all the time. In fact, creativity necessitates wide focus and the opposite of focus. To be super creative, we need our minds to be wandering, actually. But in a moment of high performance, pressure-filled scenarios, we actually need to be able to narrow our attention. And that is something that we work on relentlessly. And there's three factors that you can use to be able to do that. And the three factors, which we've identified, which we call the focused execution pathway, depend upon your ability to create and activate beta brainwaves. I'm a physiologist. I'm going to take you into the brain. And beta brainwaves are an activation state, uh, the beta brainwaves result from an activation state when we are focused, when we are hustling, when we are performing. And the way in which we do that is the body must be energized. This is not a scenario where you are super relaxed. Your body must be energized, kind of like I am right now. I'm pretty fired up at the moment, in case you haven't noticed. And Steve Jobs was brilliant at using this. He, one of his rules, when you read Steve uh, Walter Isaacson's biography of Steve Jobs, which everybody should, it's a great read, um, so he never did meetings sitting down. All of the meetings where they came up with the ideas for the iPod, the iPhone, and the iPad were done walking around the Apple campus. So I'm a huge fan of walking meetings to making sure that the body is energized and we're trying to get beta brainwaves created inside the brain. The second thing that happens is that the mind is engaged. Children do this beautifully and naturally. 
they're able to completely engage in a, top, in, in a subject, in a topic, in an action, in what it is that they are doing. That's Ingrid on the Beach in Nicaragua, where we go a lot. And the third piece of the puzzle, believe it or not, is the use of music. You can create beta brainwaves by listening to music. I had my headphones in for most of the day today, trying to put myself in the right state for this particular event. Check out Michael Phelps right before he races. Always listening to music. There's a reason why they do this. It's to put them into a performance state. The very consistent patterns that we see over and over and over again, universal human truths, using music. I asked our AV team to put on different music before you guys walked back in. I don't know if you noticed that or not, but it was a lot more upbeat than the U2 that played on the one before. I was just like, can you pick, kick it up a notch? I need them in a different state when they walk back in. It was loud, it was like a, louder. It was like loud and very, so I was manipulating you. So, um, yeah. The wild thing about this though, is that music acts on the brain. This is a really cool study. Shows the regions of the brain that are activated when we play music, the red dots on functional magnetic resonance imaging, and a certain pathway throughout the brain in a certain sequence. Music activates the brain in a very specific way, in the exact opposite way in which the brain is affected by depression. So depression works on the exact same regions to suppress them. Music acts on the same region, regions to activate them. We can control our mood, we can control our mental health through music. So consider your life playlist. What are you listening to on the way to work? What are you listening to on the way home from work? What are you listening to in the gym? What are you listening to at breakfast? What are you listening to during a dinner party? All of it makes a difference. Create a soundtrack for your life to create the brainwaves you need to enjoy and optimize what you're doing. Remember this is all about humanity creating uh, being able to optimize humanity and helping us all reach our potential. What destroys beta brainwaves, what destroys all of this? Distraction. <clears throat> Notifications, right? Uh, Alex Bilodeau paying attention to the crowd and not his knees going forwards over the bumps. That destroys this, right? Joanne Rochette thinking about her mom. It's a distraction. She lets it go, and then she skates. This is not easy to do. This is the hard work and the practice that you, we need to build on to be able to enable ourselves to do this in moments of crisis. Step three, hypothalamus activates the sympathetic nervous system. We can break this up. Uh, Nick needs you to kill the lights. I'm going to show you two separate videos here of Adam Vancouverton paddling. This is right before the Olympics. It's a training session. This is the first rep. I want you to pay attention to the tension in his upper body, the bouncing of the nose of the boat, and his cheeks when he breathes. See how the nose of the boat's bouncing? Now look at the jerkiness of his upper body, and see how his cheeks are puffing out. So we paused, it's like, do we need to build in some re relaxation to the cycle? I want you to let go of the paddle right before it goes into the water. By the way, if you want to just like, just get mind blown, look at how much water he is lifting with his paddle, like moving with his paddle. That's like unbelievably, these guys are so strong. So check this one out. This is gonna be slow motion, so watch this. Now watch his hand, left hand, right here. Let's go to the paddle. Grips it again. 
one more time. Great. There, let's go. Now watch the front of the nose, the nose of the boat. Absolutely smooth. Positioning of the upper body, completely different. No movement in the upper body. And his cheeks are no longer puffing out. His jaw is relaxed. By the way, jaw relaxation is a necessity for getting into the flow state. That's the micro aside. When we drop in micro breaks, we are able to calm the central nervous system down and turn off the sympathetic nervous system and activate the parasympathetic system, which gives us micro recoveries throughout what we are doing. This is how we can actually control our nervous systems as we are doing activities. Micro breaks, one little breath, a little shake loose of the legs, a little moment where you just take a second for yourself, right? So these, as people did, I noticed earlier, Someone got emotional, I just simply stepped outside of the room, calmed down, came back in, right? This is what we're doing. This is how we actually function at the highest possible level. Thanks, Nick, that's great. Do you guys see that? Isn't that kind of cool? You're watching these guys go, like totally different performance when you're actually doing this the right way. It's a magical morning out there on the river in Oakville outside of Toronto. And then the pituitary gland gets activated, it releases adrenaline and cortisol. How do you break down adrenaline and cortisol if you've happened to be stressed? There's one simple way in which the body is designed to break down stress hormones, and it's exercise. So if we're trying to control our stress, breathe, focus, music, micro breaks, move ideally in nature. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you joining me for this episode of the podcast. Your time is incredibly valuable and spending it with me is just mind blowing. I, I thank you so much for doing that, it's great. If you want to support the show, if you enjoyed that segment and you want more, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and on Google Play. That makes a huge difference for us. And then also, if you can let me know what you think, all of my social media are at Dr. Greg Wells. And of course, if you can share this with anyone in your network, it would be greatly appreciated as well. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. And we'll speak to you again really, really soon.